Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I am your host, my name is Joseph Scrimshaw. With me, as always, is my special guest, a small sip of whiskey. What does a small sip of whiskey sound like on a podcast? Well, it goes a little something like this. Tastes like counseling. Anyway, that is what this podcast is all about. It is Star Wars, and it is counseling. It is Star Wars counseling. The point of this podcast is to talk about things that have bothered people about Star Wars and try to look at them from a few different points of view and try to make people feel better about the parts of Star Wars that they don't like, to try to move away from the dark side of anger and hate and disappointment and back toward the light of enjoying this big, weird, sprawling saga that is Star Wars. We have just one grievance this episode because it's one that a lot of people have had for a lot of different reasons, and that is Leia uses the Force. Now, uh, when I put out my call right after The Last Jedi premiered, I put out a call for grievances. Got a lot of grievances. Uh, last episode of Star Wars Counseling, we talked about Luke's journey and whether or not The Last Jedi really uh, betrays the promise of the saga or if it kind of supports the uh, tradition and heritage of Star Wars storytelling. So you can go check that out if you want. But when I put that call out, many, many people posted about their grievance with Leia using the Force in The Last Jedi, and particularly with the sort of the flight aspect of it. One person in particular, Nick Meyer, says, I need some Star Wars counseling on Leia Force flying through space. I will say, the second time I watched the film, it bothered me less, but it still doesn't land for me. The hand stretching out, fine, but it's the eye opening and the way she just floats on over. So that is what Nick said. But again, many, many people sent this 
in. Thank you to everyone who sent in your grievances about our General Organa's big force moment. Some of the other concerns about this moment included, well, what does this mean about her level of force power? And other people were concerned with, how did she survive that long in the vacuum of space? Also, some people just thought the idea that perhaps this should have been her dramatic death was right. That maybe, since we saw Leia get sucked out into space, maybe that's the moment that Leia should have actually died. And finally, a thing that has come up a decent amount is uh, a lot of people think it looks too much like Mary Poppins. Now, I don't uh, personally agree with that one, but I understand where it's coming from, and I will definitely address that one. And believe me, I will enjoy addressing the Mary Poppins grievance. Anyway, here we go, flying, flying through space into the warm arms of counseling. Now, I want to start by just sharing why I really love this scene in this moment. I listed it as one of my favorite moments in all of The Last Jedi in a recent episode of Star Wars Rank that I did with Ken Namsok, and this is why. Since I saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, I have wanted to sit in another theater and see a Star Wars movie where Leia Organa used the Force. To me... That's really where this counseling begins. That's where the counseling awakens. I think even if you didn't like how she used the Force or how it was executed in the movie, I think a lot of fans would agree it's a great payoff to Leia being a Skywalker, being a member of this mighty bloodline in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda says no. There is another. It's Leia he's talking about. In the recent canon book, From a Certain Point of View, there's a great story where Yoda longs to teach Leia the ways of the Force, not Luke, because Leia is focused and disciplined. And I am so happy that the promise of Luke's words in Return of the Jedi have been fulfilled. That famous, beautiful moment. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. And look down look back up. My sister has it. I'm so glad that speech did not end up being, the force is strong in my family. My father has it, I have it, and, look down, look up, my sister has it. But she will never be seen using it in any large or proactive way on screen. I would not want that to be what I think of every time I see that great moment in Return of the Jedi. All of this is to say, my first bit of counseling is just If you don't like Leia's force fly or even have mixed feelings about it, just start your path to the light side by being happy that Leia used the force. She used it in a big, meaningful way. If you can get excited about that, maybe you can cope with some of the other parts of the execution or the idea that you didn't enjoy as much. So starting from the point of, I am thrilled that Leia used the Force, here is why I like the way she used the Force in this moment. It is about survival. All caps, underlined, bold, blinking, red lights, survival. Probably blue lights, because it's more the light side of the Force. It is about survival. In every canon instance that I'm aware of when Leia uses the Force, it is about life and death moments. It's about saving people. There's no moment where Leia kind of plays with the Force by just knocking 3PO over for laughs. It's all about life and death. In Empire Strikes Back, Leia hears Luke's call through the Force. She hears the call to save his life. And of course, the Falcon turns around and she saves her brother. In the novel, Leia, colon, Princess of Alderaan, Leia uses the Force without even knowing it. It's so awesome. 
And as always with uh, Claudia Gray, the author, it's very well written. So the character of Leia doesn't even realize what's happening, but the reader does. Basically, in a sort of a a climbing accident, Leia makes an impossible leap to save her boyfriend, Kier Domedy. He would have fallen to his death if Leia hadn't in that moment, totally unbeknownst to her, tapped into the Force again to save his life. Finally, in Bloodline, also written by Claudia Gray, Leia has a premonition that danger is coming, and she clears a room in time to save herself and many others from a big ol' explosion. That incident is called the napkin bombing in the story, and there has been mention that it was included by Ryan Johnson's request. So to me, it makes this use of the Force so much more elegant and interesting than using the Force to attack, to knock down a bunch of stormtroopers or blow something up, because it shows us even more about Leia's character. It's about life and death. It's about survival. It's about moving forward. She's tactical, yes, but she's also intuitive. She's certainly willing to kill and send people to their deaths, but her instinct is to preserve life. So that's when, as a relatively untrained Force user, that's when she taps into the Force for survival. It also ties in really well that the theme of The Last Jedi, one of the themes is save what you love. There's the practical matter of survival uh, is just sort of the mission parameters of the movie. That's all the Resistance is trying to do, just live to fight another day. Holdo literally says it in the briefing. The mission is to survive. And to make it even cooler, we know that a big part of using the light side of the Force is being selfless. And to me, when Leia uses the Force to save herself, to pull herself back to the safety of the ship, it feels sort of selfless. Because it's not surviving so she can go kick her no-good son's ass. There's not a sense of, of anger or revenge about it. It's surviving so she can pass on what she's learned. So she can finish her mission to bring Luke home and get the resistance to safety. It feels like she is reaching out. That hand is reaching out to say, I am not done. I have a duty. I need to relight that spark that spark of hope. So again, even if you don't like the way it's executed, maybe you can enjoy thinking about what it means for Leia, that it's instinct, that it's survival, that it's finishing the mission. It is her destiny to pass on what she has learned, and she is going to complete her destiny. Now, on to some of the more practical grievances. How did she survive in space that long? First, I personally start all discussions, or even my own personal thoughts when I am talking to myself, which happens often, any conversation about the physics of Star Wars, I begin with the fact that ships make noise in space in Star Wars, which isn't a thing in real world with the physics and the whatnot. Now, to me, that means two things. I believe the number one rule of physics in Star Wars is, does it look or sound cool. Like, if Newton existed in Star Wars and that apple fell on his head, it would have looked and sounded amazing. It would have had this really cool, bizarre whine sound as it uh, as it fell, as the apple fell, and then this big, weird explosion. There'd be an additional ring of apple explosion coming out in the special edition of Newton discovering gravity. All that stuff would have happened. It would have been amazing, and Newton would have said, damn, Damn, I say, the first law of physics is 
it looks and sounds awesome. So to me, there is always just a, is it cool part of the physics of Star Wars? But that is not to, to just throw away physics. That is not to just say, oh, TIE fighters do the cool wine in space, so nothing matters. I also agree that you want a certain amount of internal consistency. But to me, just starting with the fact that the ships do make noise in space makes me imagine, well, maybe the physics in Star Wars just do actually work a little different than they do in our galaxy, Uh, that we apply the general knowledge that we have about space from our real world, but then uh, there's plenty of wiggle room. There's plenty of uh, different ways to explore, like, well, maybe it's a little bit different. And I think the thing that I care about is how much does it contradict what's come before in Star Wars? And to me, there's nothing in this that really contradicts what's come before in Star Wars physics. Also, as many people have pointed out, there is precedent for Star Wars heroes, particularly Force users, to survive in the vacuum of space. In Season 3 of Rebels, a Maul shoves Kanan out of his ship. He doesn't even use the Force. He just actually pushes him with his hand, which is just to show that's the real dark side. That's Maul being a jerk. Like, I want you to feel my hand on your shoulder blade when I push you into the airlock. Anyway, Kanan gets sucked into the vacuum for uh, a few seconds. I don't think it's that long. I think it's maybe 15 seconds max, uh, maybe a little bit higher. I think I saw a Reddit thread where someone counted. That's right. I go all the way to Reddit to research some of this stuff. Anyway, Kanan survives in in the vacuum, and he gets a little frosty, just like Leia does, and he pushes himself off the hull and back into a docking bay. It's not entirely clear uh, how much he's using the Force, but one would imagine that, like, well, he is not only using the lack of gravity to propel himself off of the hull, but he's also maybe reaching out a little bit with the Force, even though it's not really uh, focused on in that episode of Rebels, but still... This has happened before in Star Wars. This isn't new to canon that a Force user, a hero, would survive the vacuum of space. Another fun physics thing to think about that I don't have an answer to, maybe there is a specific answer in Star Wars canon, or maybe it'll be something that uh, ends up being wiggly so we can have our own fun thoughts about it, but there is the matter that the ship that Leia was blown out of, the Raddus, which, by the way... I, too, am a Raddus lover. It's the first thing I saw in, in Rogue One the, in the behind-the-scenes. Fell in love with that weird guy who looked like he was going to complain about Snapchat. Loved him even more once I saw the movie was out. I love that the ship is called Raddus. It is too bad that Raddus himself wasn't in this movie, that he didn't survive to The Last Jedi, so he could have yelled at someone to start probing that Megastar Destroyer. Anyway, I, I, I apologize for my Raddus tangent. The ship, called the Raddus, the shields were extended past the hull of the ship. You can visually see this in the movie because you see the blast impact above the ship, not on the ship itself. And this was even clarified in the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary that typically ships are basically wrapped in their shields, like they're shrink-wrapped in the energy shields, which is why we've seen ships like the Falcon take direct hits when their shields are up. But in the true spirit of survival. The Raddus has advanced deflector shields and they have extended them past the hull. All of this is to say maybe Leia even had a few extra seconds of oxygen or some level of safety that is maybe provided by that shield. I don't know. Who knows? That is a thing that you can think about if you like to really dig into the technical. Maybe that helps. There's also the possibility, as I've seen some people point out on ye old internet, that Leia had a moment to prepare for this. There are those flashes between Leia and Kylo Ren as he's trying to bring himself to shoot the bridge. 
And the quick cuts there really reminded me of both Luke and Vader at the end of Empire, that they were really aware of each other. Vader is even speaking to Luke, and Luke seems to be able to hear it. I think it's possible that Leia sensed Kylo's intention. And even though he didn't uh, press the trigger, because they're little trigger button things, he didn't actually press the trigger himself. Obviously, the other TIE fighters did. Maybe Leia still had that split second to prep. Maybe she was still aware of they're going to fire, they're going to fire, the bridge is not defended, which I think is a really valid interpretation of that shot right before she gets sucked out into space uh, that she kind of grips the console and seems to be aware that this is about to happen. Now, if that's true, maybe she had a moment to prep. Maybe she got some cover from the shields. Uh, There's a precedent for heroes surviving a few seconds in space, and we don't know the exact physics of the space in that galaxy far, far away, or even human bodies, really. We know that Leia is human, but who knows? Maybe uh, she's got better human body than us humans. Maybe they all do. All of that stuff adds up to there's lots of different ways that you can think about exactly how she survived in space. So with that, we're going to go on to the concern, the grievance about how powerful of a force move is this? How incredibly impressive, how powerful in the force does Leia have to be to do what she did? Now, a lot of this is based on some people are interpreting that uh, Leia died that based on her eyes being closed, she's floating, the ice is already creeping up over her flesh, and then she reopens her eyes. People are interpreting that, at least some people, that she died and was using the force itself to bring herself back to life. And that obviously is a power that has been discussed, the ability to prevent death, uh, to save loved ones, to maybe even save yourself, has been discussed. Uh, personally, I didn't interpret the scene that way. I didn't interpret it as she died and she used the force to bring herself back. I just interpreted it as she was briefly knocked out or maybe closing her eyes to gather her strength. But even, even if her heart did stop for a few seconds, the force power would still be about survival. It would still be Leia Organa willing herself to continue so that she could finish her mission, and save the resistance. And if she was that powerful, I personally would be fine with it because she's a Skywalker. Very, very powerful. Now, in general, I personally try not to get too hung up about who is the most powerful in the Force. Obviously, some characters uh, are stronger. Usually our main characters, the Skywalkers, Yoda, Rey, Palpatine, Mace Windu is up there. I really like that Kanan and Ezra are not portrayed as being the most badass Jedi ever because it communicates a spectrum. I have said before on other Force Center episodes, I long to see just crappy Jedi. Just can use the Force. Just real not that good at it. Just not that powerful. Can lift things, can move rocks, but maybe like one. One rock at a time, with a lot of concentration. Even my beloved Obi-Wan Kenobi is ambiguous about his level of force power. Here's my big thing about force power. I think some people have more raw power, as mentioned in The Last Jedi, but beyond that, I think it is situational. I think some force users are skilled at certain techniques, but they're still people, and regardless of power levels, they're affected by the situation and the other people involved. For example, Obi-Wan was not stronger in the Force than Anakin. I think that's pretty much just established. He defeated 
Anakin at that place, at that time, Mustafar Lava Bank, because he recognized Anakin's anger and hubris. Obi-Wan took down Anakin, but Anakin took down Count Dooku, and yet Obi-Wan consistently gets his Jedi butt handed to him by Dooku. That's a fun sentence, Jedi butt handed to him by Dooku. I don't see that as an inconsistency in their force power levels. I see that as a great and welcome opportunity to think about the characters. Why does Obi-Wan have a problem with Dooku? Why can't Obi-Wan take Dooku? Are there some sort of uh, daddy issues related to Dooku having trained Qui-Gon and then Qui-Gon having trained Obi-Wan? It's a fun thing to think about. And I promise you, I will be thinking about it so much. Anyway, that is a conversation for another time. The point is, I don't think personally that Leia died and brought herself back to life. But even if she did, it would just be another interesting mystery of the Force. Are Force powers uh, situational? Are they based on what's going on? Are they based on who you're around? Are they based on the moment where you try to do that? Is there one moment where you can use that Force power? And another moment where it just doesn't feel right and you can't do it? All of that said... I don't think she used a force power that we haven't seen before. I don't think this is a a new force power. I think it looks visually new and different, but I think she just instinctively reached out and pulled herself to the ship. Now, we are very familiar with people using the force push in one bit of Star Wars physics I believe in as the equal and opposite ability of force pull. She's not moving the ship. She's just pulling herself toward it and in a place with no gravity. She is just floating through the air like whatever fruit that was that Anakin made float over to Padme's fork. I probably shouldn't make that comparison when I'm trying to make people enjoy the scene more. I apologize. Now, getting on to another form of the grievance. In terms of what amount of training Leia has, we know uh, from the novel Bloodline, and again uh, from the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary, that she has a very small amount of not even training, but more force knowledge. We know that Leia decided to focus on her duties rebuilding the government after the end of the Empire, rather than the isolation and the focus it would take to become a Jedi. So Luke did do what Yoda asked of him, and he went to his sister and said, hey, would you like to train up? And she said, no thanks. But Luke did teach her to reach out with her feelings. This is in Bloodline, to take deep breaths and feel the force around her. So when she perceived the bomb in Bloodline, she was aware that it was through the force. So again, everything we know in canon about Leia's relationship to the force supports using it in a calm, instinctual way to reach for the hope of survival. There's also been the grievance that some fans think that since Carrie Fisher passed away, Leia should have passed away in the film. Now, I've already said my take on this uh, a decent amount of times on the old Force Center podcast, but I'll say it again here. Why not? I'm really glad Ryan Johnson made the choice not to alter Carrie Fisher's performance or Leia's arc in the movie. I think Leia had a complete arc in this movie. She wanted the Resistance to survive. She wanted to see it had new leaders who understood the scope of the responsibility. She wanted to relight that spark of hope, and she did. The fact that the character got to do all of those things and we got to see all of those great moments is, to me, the best tribute to Carrie Fisher in the character of Leia as possible. I understand there is a deep, deep, 
sadness and uh, a bitter sweetness to seeing Leia almost die in this moment that we're talking about while knowing that so very sadly Carrie Fisher did actually pass away in real life. And I understand thinking that and being affected by that might affect how you see this moment in the movie, particularly on a first viewing. Now, to me, this moment is a little bit of the beauty of fantasy. People have commented, I've been having a a lot of conversations both on podcasts and in person, because I still do talk to people in person. It's rare, but it happens. Anyway, I've had a lot of conversations about how Star Wars and many other pop culture and genre stories that we love have been getting more and more complex and murky and reflecting some of the challenges of real life and making the the heroes much more fallible, much more real, having a lot more uh, doubts and challenges. And in a way, as a culture, we're, we're going away from simple black and white tales of heroes and villains, and there's a lot of reality that's creeping into our fantasy. And to me, this moment with Leia was a truly beautiful moment of pure fantasy. In real life, when you die, often you can't reach out your hand and say, no, I'm not done. And so for me to see it in a movie, it was a beautiful, cathartic moment of fantasy to watch this character of Leia reach out and say, I have more to do. Now is not the time. And moving on from that sentimental and uh, uh, emotional discussion, we move to one of the most pivotal words in this whole general Leia uses the force grievance, and that word is goofy. Many people feel, regardless of anything else about this moment, that it looks goofy. Personally, I, I do understand, but I don't think it looks too goofy myself. I think it looks different, maybe even shocking, because we haven't physically seen something like this in Star Wars before, at least not a lot. It's not an action shot, right? It's not explosions and fast cues. It's relatively slow and flowing and lyrical, and it's in the middle of a big space battle, and maybe that's not a choice uh, you like, but uh, personally, I like seeing that kind of variety in my Star Wars, and I think it visually works really well with Princess Leia's theme plane as she drifts through that wreckage. She even foreshadows the fate of Snoke's mega star destroyer when she cuts through the hologram of it, just the way Holdo and the Radish ship do later, and it uh, it flickers and it disappears, and she just floats through that wreckage, reaching out towards survival. But I understand if you think it looks goofy, I will try to help. First, I would say Star Wars has always had things that look goofy, From a certain point of view, Yoda rides on Luke's back while lecturing him and making him do flips. That's in the movie that many people regard as the best Star Wars film. And what happens in it? A judgmental frog-looking puppet rides the hero on the back. The back of the hero. Now, Darth Vader. Darth Vader wears dark, terrifying armor with a big control panel in the middle of it. A control panel that has big buttons that control his breathing apparatus. Darth Vader, one of the most terrifying visions of death and darkness the galaxy has ever produced, wears an asthma inhaler on his chest. That's goofy. Goofy is a part of Star Wars. I think that's something we all know. We just 
prefer our goofy in different ways sometimes. So we, when we see something in a new movie that we're not ready for, the goofy just pops out at us. And even, you know, you, you have time with older movies. If there's something you found goofy in an older movie, you have time to accept it. The goofy new things pop. But goofy is there. I would also uh, argue that part of the reason Leia's Force Flight might look goofy to some of us is just ageism. Not any one person or viewer's ageism, but our overall cultural ageism. We are not used to seeing older people in action scenes unless it is specifically Liam Neeson saving his family. Now, I know there are increasingly a lot of older male action stars, but we're specifically not used to seeing older women actors in action scenes. And even when we, when we do, they're portrayed as being very physically fit. They are warrior women who are continuing the fight. This, this scene with Leia is an example of an older woman, a matron, a figure of wisdom, suddenly doing a big physical thing, which is different. I mean, we're used to seeing Judy Dench or Maggie Smith have the power to just cut people in half with a look from their eyes, but this is a big physical thing, and I think it might look less weird if we saw more examples of older people, and older women in particular, doing big physical actions. Which brings me, inevitably, to Mary Poppins. Now, if you don't like the flight because it looks like Mary Poppins, you can try to find more joy in that by just leaning into it. There was a popular moment in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 where Michael Rooker's character Yondu floats with an umbrella and says, Hey, y'all, I'm Mary Poppins. And I love that moment. So if you don't like the moment in The Last Jedi, maybe make yourself feel better by saying, Hey, y'all, I'm Mary Poppins, quietly to yourself while you're watching the film. Maybe that will at least make you enjoy that moment. Better yet, imagine Carrie Fisher talking about this moment and saying, look, Gary, I'm Mary Poppins. I like this moment in this film. I love this moment in the film. And I still get joy from thinking about Carrie Fisher poking fun at it. Anyway, that is a lot of counseling for what is probably 45 seconds of movie, maybe. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to time it. I will. To sum up, I think it is awesome that Leia used the Force at all. I think Star Wars physics are weird, and we should all kind of roll with them a little bit. In Star Wars space, everyone can hear you scream. I think that is a good thing for us all to keep in mind when we're talking about Star Wars physics. And also, the thematic foundation for the way Leia uses the Force is really well-layered, and it really supports not only her character, but it supports the ideas of the movie, and even... If it looks like a goofy Mary Poppins moment, just lean into it and have a laugh to honor Carrie Fisher's great sense of humor. All of that said, here is my final bit of counseling. Carrie Fisher joked in interviews, books, and her one-woman show about her relationship with Star Wars. In particular, Carrie Fisher made fun of George Lucas's odd idea that he presented to her during the filming of the very first Star Wars film, that no one would wear a bra in space. Now, when Carrie Fisher pushed back on that, George clarified it was because people would expand and they would be suffocated by their underwear, leading Carrie Fisher to make her famous joke, no matter how I go, I want it reported that I drowned in moonlight, strangled by my own bra. I think it is funny, I think it is moving, and I think it is awesome that in The Last Jedi, Carrie Fisher's vision of that galaxy far, far away was validated. Leia Organa, 
floated in the starlight, and she was not strangled by her space bra. I hope some of those ideas help, or if not, at least just give you some different ways to look at it, different ways to think about it, and uh, hopefully help you process and not let that moment take you out of the movie too much. I still have a few more grievances from The Last Jedi to address. We'll be tackling those in the coming weeks, but feel free to send more in about The Last Jedi or just Star Wars stuff in general. You can send those to us on Twitter or Facebook. Please do use the hashtag SWCounseling so I can find them. I would also uh, like to uh, thank you all for listening. In particular, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode. I am struggling with a cold. I feel bad that in this episode I mocked Darth Vader's chest unit. I wish I had a space asthma inhaler chest unit on me right now. I could adjust the knobs and I perhaps would not sound as gravelly. Anyway, thank you uh, for listening and I apologize for some of the gravel in my throat. Stupid real-life earth physics. If you want to find me on the social media, you can find me as at Joseph Scrimshaw on both Twitter and Instagram. You can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, and upcoming shows. All of that is on josephscrimshaw.com. You can also like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod. You can support our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash Center and buy our merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Center. Maybe we'll add a t-shirt that says... In space, everyone can hear you scream, hashtag Star Wars. Who knows? Until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. <laughs> <laughs>